Good morning. How are we doing? Good to see you uh, this morning. Uh, we have some guests from Tennessee with us. So uh, on their way out, say hey to them. And uh, good to have you guys. Last message in our series on Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it, it's entitled, Live Strong. It has nothing to do with Lance Armstrong. It has everything to do with, with our obedience to Christ. And so any time like our country has gone through a tragic event like uh, 9-11 way back in 2001 or even this latest uh, thing with a guy in Six Bombs, Austin, Texas, right? They always say how resilient we are as a country. And, and resilient means able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. And in, in Matthew 7, Jesus is talking about what it takes to become resilient tells a story of two men who build houses. Go and take your Bibles out and follow along with me as we read this short story in verses 24 through 27. It says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house uh, on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Two men had several things in common. Like they heard the same message, they built the same house, that they faced the same storm. The only difference is one of the guys put the words of Jesus into practice and the other didn't. The one who did, Jesus says, his house remained strong. The one that heard Jesus but did nothing about it, his house came crashing down. The difference was not the house. Remember the story of the three pigs when you were a kid? Right in the story, three houses made out of straw, sticks, and bricks. And the wolf comes and blows down the houses of straw and sticks, but the house made of bricks could not be blown down, right? The the difference in our story this morning is not the houses themselves, but where they were built. One built on the rock, the other the sand. Jesus said in verse 24, put my words into practice and you'll be building your life on what? The rock. If you ignore my words, verse 26, you're building your life on the sand. So, So the bottom line is either you're being obedient or you're being disobedient. The more we obey Christ, that the stronger our foundation of our life becomes. And the more capable you and I become of weathering the storms of life. So go ahead and take your uh, note sheets out of your program. You can follow along with me as we look at how this story reminds us of three simple truths of what it takes to live strong uh, for Christ. 
So, so the first thing is this, is that know that the storms of life are inevitable. Right? Second Chronicles 19.7. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there are no injustice with the Lord our God, or partiality, or taking bribes. Romans 9.14 says this. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part by no means? We are in a dangerous place when we regard God's mercy towards us as our right. If God is obliged to show mercy, then it is not mercy. It is what? Obligation. No one is ever unfair for not giving mercy. God's mercy is not given to us because of what we wish to do or because of what we actually do. It is given simply out of God's desire to show mercy. What all of that means, the bottom line is is that we all experience what? Tragedy in our lives. We all experience sorrow. None of us are immune. I don't know about you, but I see it every day. But, but what makes the difference is how we what? How we endure the storm. And that largely is determined by whether or not we build our lives on being obedient to Jesus. For the last 11 weeks, we've been talking about what it means and how Jesus has taught us to be what? Truly spiritual. And I know there are some people out there that teach that if you're spiritual, then you'll never face any unpleasant circumstances, right? You will always experience abundant prosperity and perfect health and endless blessing. Though the Bible does teach that God promises blessings in certain areas of life, we must keep in mind that's only what? Half the story. Jesus also said we will experience persecution. We don't want to talk much about that part of it, right? Yet it is what? It is a fact of life. We all experience trials and sorrows and persecutions and setbacks. And in John 15, verses 18 to 20, it says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, you would, uh, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember that the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they've kept my word, they will also keep yours. Right? There's a blessing of fruitful living, right? Union with Christ, joy and answer prayer. And that is contrasted with the threat of persecution. It's the flip side of the coin. And as Christians, we can face the worst persecution, but we recognize that what Jesus has been there first. And because of that, we press on and we move forward. And there's really no just cause for the world to hate Jesus and us as his followers, but, but, but they do. And instead, the world hates because its sin is exposed and because they don't know the Father or the Son, and persecution is real in our world. According to the Pew Research Center, over 75% of the world's population lives in areas where there is severe religious restrictions. Also, according to the United States Department of State, 
Christians are in more than 60 countries face persecution from their governments or, or, or surrounding neighbors simply because of their belief in Jesus Christ. For example, around the world every month, 255 Christians are killed. 104 are abducted. 180 women are sexually abused or forced into marriage. 66 churches are attacked. 160 Christians are detained or imprisoned without trial. That's every month. Point is, is that these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ are not immune to the storms of life, and neither are we. Right? Storms are inevitable. At the same time, the story also reminds us, number two, that know that the storms of life don't have to destroy you. Right? It says that the wise man and the foolish man experience the same storm. Different results. The wise man's house didn't come crashing down. It stood the test of the storm. And storms come and they look different for all of us, right? For some, they come in the shape of economic downturns or natural disasters or physical hardships or any number of, uh, of things that, that we don't predict in our lives. But we all know they what? They do happen. And we we don't know what the future holds, but I can tell you no storm will decimate the people of God. We will continue to stand even when the storm hits us hard and the winds blow hard. And we've experienced that here in our own church, haven't we? Storms may be inevitable, but they are not invincible. They are not more powerful than the God that we serve. In the book of Proverbs, it says this, chapter 10, verse 25, when the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked are no more. This word emphasizes the unstable and dangerous place the wicked stand in. And again, trouble comes to all people, but the wicked have no foundation to stand on when it comes. Adam Clark in his commentary said this, as tornadoes that sweep everything away before them, so shall the wrath of God sweep away the wicked. But on the other hand, the righteous have an everlasting foundation. It's like the illustration used in our passage this morning. The wise man built his house on the rock, and the wise man has this firm, everlasting foundation, and he can withstand the storm. And and the cool thing is, is that we don't have to fear any storm. Right? We can endure it. We can recover. We can be resilient. And we can see how God's going to work within the storm which is really cool when you get on the other side of it, isn't it? When you look back and you go, you just see how God works through all the way through that. And I am convinced that if we're looking, we will see some pretty great stuff that God does in each and every one of our lives. So, so, Where do we get the strength to overcome the storm? Well, uh, point number three this morning. Know the strength to weather the storm is found in obedience to Jesus. Just just listen to what he says in our passage once again. I'm just going to read it again. Just let the word of God this morning just soak into your soul. 
Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. That means we need to put into practice daily the words of Jesus. Right? That's our challenge. Hear the commandments. Not only hear them, but what? Do them. John 15 14, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what? What I command you. The verses, the application of the previous verse Really more, it kind of explains it a little more. Greater love has no one than this. And someone who lays down his life for his friends. And then he says what? You are my friends if you do what I command you. And what is meant by friends, it refers to those who are disciples of Christ, right? Those who love him, those who believe in him, those who obey him. Deuteronomy 11.1, you shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. Right? Love is not a, a matter left up entirely to our impulse or our feelings. We choose to love the Lord or, or not. And when we're in the middle of a storm, when we need to be reminded of what the Lord really wants from us, right? He wants our love. We can give him a hundred million other things, but none of it really matters unless we give him what? Our love. Jesus said this to the Ephesian church in Revelation 2, 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left what? Your first love. If we don't love Christ then what does all the other stuff even matter? And real love for Jesus always translates into obedience. Luke eleven twenty eight 28 says, but he said this, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. People are always kind of looking for a sign for, from God. And really what makes a person blessed It's not necessarily a sign, but rather hearing the word of God and keeping that word. But about 15 years after Jesus was on this earth, uh, or in his ministry there, a man came, uh, Thuddus, I think was his name, arose from the Jews and he claimed to be the Messiah, right? And so he persuaded like 400 people to follow him with this promise that he would part the Jordan River. Come follow me. I'm going to part. You think Jesus has done something? I'm going to part the Jordan River. And so what happens? All these people come and start to follow this guy. And needless to say, they get to the Jordan. What happens? Does he part it? Nope. You know what the Romans do to him? Romans find out, they go get him, they kill him. Everybody else is dispersed. Here's what I think is interesting. He knew the sign that people wanted to see, right? He could gather a crowd. Jesus says hearing and keeping the word is more important than any sign. 
Again, this is our challenge, right? We need, we've heard his commandments and now we just need to what? We just need to do them. And I think sometimes in our world we think that, that we have these good intentions and we think that's enough even if we don't follow through with our actions. And Jesus was a man of action. He preached action and again and again he emphasized that, that we're going to be judged what? According to what we do. We saw it last week in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who, what? Does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And a lot of times I hear people say stuff like, my heart goes out to, and you can fill in the blank, right? The lost, the poor, the persecuted Christians, the, the victims of abuse, whatever. Fill in the blank. And my thought is, it's awesome that your heart goes out to them, but what about your hands? Right? Are we reaching out to them? Well, what about our time? Are we willing to sacrifice our time for, for an opportunity to minister the gospel? If we really want to live the kind of resilient life that enables us to weather the storms, we need to build our lives on the foundation of obedience to Jesus. We absolutely need to put his words into practice. And so as we wind down this series this morning, I want to remind us of what we have learned over the last 11 weeks. Right? We, we've learned that we need to surrender our lives to God. We've learned that we need to strive to be reconciled to, with those in which we have conflict with. When we need to take drastic steps to eradicate sin from our lives. We need to keep the promises that we make to people. We have learned that we need to treat our enemies with loving kindness. When we need to give until it hurts. And put God at the top of our priority list. When we need not to judge others. And we need to aggressively act, seek, and knock for opportunities to serve. And then we treat others as we would want to be treated. And finally, we strive to do the will of God in our lives. So as I close this series, let me leave you with a couple of thoughts. First, the foundation of our lives is built on what you do. Right? You can say whatever you want. It is about what we do. We cannot build our life on good intentions. Second, the process of building the house of our lives is different than the building of a typical house. Because typically, here's what you would do. You you would lay the foundation first, and then you would build on top of that, right? In in our case, the building of the foundation of our lives is an ongoing process. And, And every time we put the words of Jesus into practice, we strengthen that foundation. And every time we, re, we neglect to do what he's told us to do, we weaken that foundation. It is that simple. And once again, our foundation is built on not what we know or what we feel, but what we do. It is called obedience. And if we are obedient to what Jesus tells us to do, then we can't get through the storms of life. And we can get to the other side. And we can look back and see what God has done. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for uh, your word today. God, you remind us over and over in your word that you are always with us. And you tell us not to fear and you draw us into your presence. 
You're the only place we find refuge in the storms that we find ourselves in. You're the only place where we can find strength and peace. And so we ask this morning for your words of truth and power to strengthen us as we obey your commands. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you know the way that we are going and that you have a plan for our lives. So God, we seek your face today. And thank you that your word says that you give us the power to come through a trial, through a storm, knowing that we are a child of God. And thank you that the storms of life don't last forever. This too shall pass. And thank you, God, that nothing has taken you by surprise. That that you know the path that we're on better than we know ourselves. And God, thank you that you are victorious over every trouble and obstacle. Thank you that you have overcome sin and death. And because of that, we too are overcomers. We too can have victory. So God, this morning, we just want to tell you, we love you. And we need you. And we choose to look to you today and every day. Even when life is full of trials and storms. We give our hearts and we give our lives to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.